0: Hi, Melissa. Hi, Alexis.
1: Do you see what I'm wearing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I noticed it when you sit up. It's a fanny pack of sorts. But it's not just any fanny pack. It looks like it's designer. Maybe there's some
1: G's on it. Yes, it is a vintage Gucci. This is vintage because I bought it. It's not vintage because I bought it vintage. It's vintage because I'm old. (laughs) I bought it when I was in college Really? Yeah. I went to Florence with my dad and went to the like one of the Gucci stores and bought this. And I remember him giving me money. And How I much got, was it? It was, I think it was $500 at the time or okay. four 450 euros or something like that converted. I so I wore it all the entire trip in Italy and I still have it today. And I bet if I like went online, I mean, this is like vintage for sure. I mean,
0: I it needs gotten. a good cleaning.
1: It does, because <laughs> fanny pants are but gross. You wear them, like, I know.
0: you know, around, and I you love it. You probably wear this at, so like, functional. concerts and festivals. Yeah. And like, you've sat in a lot of sticky seats with this thing, but it is but so cute. But it doesn't cute. go
1: on your butt. It goes on your side.
0: <laughs> I love it. But, yes, so it is functional, and
1: I remember... I It's my functional da- fashion. Functional fashion. I remember my dad gave us, like, a certain amount of money to spend in Italy, and... I, of course, me, I spent it like probably in the first shop we went in and and I was begging him like, I had to have this and I was going to pay him back right when I got home. And, you know, he'll tell the story like, yeah, I never (laughs) paid him back, but I still have the fanny pack 20 years, almost 20 years later, which is
0: crazy. That is crazy. It's beautiful. And I have to say, you are the one person like when we first started the company, I think you rolled in wearing that or another fanny pack. And fanny packs were not in yet. Like, they weren't back in at that time because this was, like, 0 Dude, I can make 09. my fashion statement. I don't care. And I was, like, that girl really just is, like, doesn't give a shit. She just wears what she likes, but you make it look cool. And it it's cool again. <laughs> I mean, a Gucci fanny pack is always cool. I know, I, I know, I know. I know. I don't think that ever goes out
1: of style. So... I am talking about Gucci today, Ooh. and I'm so pumped because I just went to see House of Gucci. Which Everyone's
0: was talking about it.
1: Freaking awesome! It's super long, but you don't even feel like it's long because you're so intrigued. Yeah. And Lady Gaga, she is phenomenal. She's, she's like amazing, great at everything. I know, and she's, she's so she's, talented. It's so funny because she's she's got like this unique beauty. Because throughout the movie, I mean, there's points and she's gorgeous. Like the way she dresses and she just played the part perfectly. Obviously, because she's Italian, like by blood. But she nailed this part.
0: I want to see it. I haven't watched it yet, but I've listened to a few podcasts talking about it. That like more the murder side of it. Like the story versus like, I don't know what else is in the movie. But it sounds so good.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because the movie was interesting. And I'm really glad that I had started the research before I saw the movie because I actually had some context because it just jumps right in. Like it doesn't tell you who the people are. Okay. You have to kind of like figure out the narrative as the story goes. So I was able to quickly like have the background, decipher the characters, but my mom like didn't really know who anyone was until like mid
0: movie. And that's always confusing. Yeah, it was kind of confusing. I feel yeah. like they needed to give a
1: little background, but still, I mean, The sets, it was just gorgeous. So, today, we obviously are talking about Gucci. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to paint a little picture. Take yourself back to 1923. I love the 20s. Picture yourself. I mean, the 20s were amazing, but picture yourself on the street. We think they were amazing. We don't know for sure. We weren't there. I mean, the fashion was amazing. Let's just say that. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there was, we know there's a lot of other shitty things about the 20s, but the fashion was incredible. And... Like, on the streets in Florence, they're cobblestone streets. It's kind of, like, not, like, super sunny. It kind of has that, like, dark and dingy feel. Mm -hmm. But, like, old world. And what is so cool about it is... Women in the 20s, they, like,
0: dressed up all the time. I mean, athleisure wear wasn't a thing. No, I kind of wish it wasn't a thing. Although today, you would never guess that because I'm in full athleisure wear. But, like, I like to look fancy.
1: I do, too. I feel like – I mean, I love my athleisure wear, so don't get me wrong. But I just feel like it's so cool to, like – Think back, like men would wear a suit every day. I like I know that probably Ugh. sucked for them, but I wish they looked like dapper suits. and yeah. they just looked like to the nines all the time. And women, same thing. They didn't walk out of the house in like a ball cap and their hair messy. Yeah. Like they,
0: they just. They feel like they wouldn't get on a Zoom call like from their bed in like a messy bun and no makeup. Uh, no. <laughs> they were like done up and just always just, it felt like so elegant.
1: Yeah. So this is where Guccio Gucci, Mm -hmm. the founder of Gucci, was born in Florence. So one of his first shops was the house of Gucci, selling like small leather goods. So in Florence, this is where Guccio Gucci opened one of the first small shops. Wait, his
0: name was Guccio Guccio Gucci. Gucci. (laughs)
1: His parents. Where were they? we? We were watching a movie the other day and it was like, don't trust anyone with the same first and last name. Like my grandpa was George Georgopoulos. Like. I don't know. It's kind of what funky. The? Yeah. Like, who
0: names their kid? That's like torture. Why do you do that? I don't know. Like, what if I named one of my kids, like, Dijon, Dijon Filippo? I
1: mean, Guccio Gucci. At least it's so similar. Like, if someone's yelling, hey, Gucci. <laughs> like, Guccio is not that different. So, like, you're going to get it right. Like, no matter what. Okay. Right? Way to look at it positively. Yeah, you know, positively. <laughs> so... You know, he was born into an entrepreneurial family in Florence, and they were just like a humble little family of leather Italian craftsmen who had a shop making small leather goods. Okay. And he grew up as a young boy, like, helping out in the shop, making, like, small leather goods, like, wallets and belts and things like that. Yeah. And he always wanted to contribute. And his parents were like, no, you know, you're not running the business, just – Do your work type thing. So when he knew he was old enough to be able to contribute to the household income, he actually went and got a job as a bellman and he would like at a really fancy hotel and he was fascinated by all the luggage that he would carry from all these famous jet setters. So like famous people and just really wealthy people would come into this hotel and he would carry the luggage. But you know, he grew up in this Italian family that was like leather goods were like he was so enamored by them. Yeah. So when he would carry this luggage, he's like, gosh, my family. Like, we can make things that were better than this for these people. Wow. And we can make a ton of money. So he worked there for a couple years. And he went to go back and work for his family's company. And they said, Guccio, no. You cannot work for our company
0: right now. I wonder Go and why. get a job. I don't know. They must have wanted him to, like, learn just some basics before, like, being Taking handed over, the right? reins. Yeah. yeah. So he
1: actually worked for another company And he was working for another small craftsman company as well, like making leather goods. So he was doing the same thing he would have been doing at his family's company. But I think they must have said like, go get experience somewhere else. Like, because I'm sure as the family business, they were handing him everything, doing everything for him. And he worked for there for a couple of years. And you know what? He was like, had entrepreneurship in his blood. So he decided, I'm not going back to the family business. I'm going to start my own. So in the 30s, he started his own small craftsman like shop making belts and luggage, and he was determined to make luxury Luxury. luggage for these types of people. And it wasn't his family shop; he started his his own own family shop. Wow! Yeah. And so he felt like he just kept like designing new luggage and sharpening his skills, and he wanted to pursue his entrepreneurial dream. However. Right when he started his business, it was like early 1930s and there was an extreme leather shortage because there was this whole embargo of the nations against Italy. So they couldn't import leather. Like the only way to get it was from a farm. Like, yeah. you actually had to have your own cows and, like, do, do the it. whole process yourself. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. And at the time, he's an entrepreneur, started his own company. His family never had, like, this thriving business. It was a small craft shop. Just enough
0: to, like, probably make their family, like, get ends to meet. Yeah. Stuff. Like, yeah. nothing nothing we read about.
1: It was the 20s, and it was insane. So, yeah, like you said, his family, they didn't make a lot of money, and they just had a small leather shop, but Guccio was determined to like make this luxury shop and produce high-end luggage for these people that he used to bring in their luggage from this hotel. Yeah. So like I said, there was an embargo against Italy. He couldn't import any leather. So he had to be an innovator. He's like... I'm not shutting down. I'm still going to create like high-end bags for people. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to explore other options. Mm-hmm. So he actually started in exploring other textiles. And one of them was canvas. And so if you actually see in the Gucci store and my fanny pack, mm-hmm. that's when canvas started in 1938 because of the le- leather shortage.
0: And I think that's what we talked about Louis Vuitton. Remember, they they were doing canvas stuff too because it was more durable.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he was super disappointed because that's all he knew. Knew. I mean, because leather was durable. He knew how to actually like cut it and like mold work it and it. work with it. And actually like that was his vision. But yeah. again, he was an innovator. He was He's smart. Like, let's He's like, let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. And by then people were just like super into his products. Like, it, And it was all word of mouth advertising because the quality was so insane what yeah. he was making. So, not only did he explore other textiles, he actually decided he needed to expand his marketplace and start, like, expanding into the equestrian arena. So, he started creating lines for people that rode horses, like… Because they always had money, probably. Yeah, and that's actually, it's super interesting. I don't know if you've ever seen, I don't have that bag, but there's actually an interlocking, like piece that's actually, that's on a lot of the Gucci bags that is the symbol of a horse bit.
0: Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah.
1: I'll sh- I mean, I'll show you a picture yeah. and we'll put it on Instagram, but it's so cool. Cause when I was reading about it, he's like, if I'm going to produce products for them, I need something that's signature. That's going to show that this is the equestrian line. So yeah. it started off that horse bit symbol. Um, and it was a symbol and then it actually became like a hardware piece. That he created and it's the first metal piece that he started putting on his bags. And so now it developed not just in the equestrian lines. I mean, it is on a lot of their purses and it's beautiful.
0: Awesome.
1: And what's insane is when he was doing the Gucci for his first bags, he didn't really have a logo. But when he did the canvas, he didn't want to just do like plain canvas. So that's when this like interlocking G... Became, became a thing. Became oh, a so thing. it wasn't
0: really there before, and no. with the leather goods.
1: Yeah, oh. he was just like, "I'm gonna. I need a print. I need a pattern. Like, I just don't. I need a signature pattern." So he decided to come up with that interlocking I love G. it.
0: and it kind of works because Gucci Gucci. it's like I always wondered why there was two G's, well, and now it makes sense. Guccio Gucci,
1: crazy. So. Again, he's just like producing all of these items, word of mouth. I mean, it's spreading like crazy all over Europe. He decides to open his second location in Rome. And at that time, business has thrived. He got married and he had three sons. And he's getting older. So he decided, okay, Aldo, Vasco, and Rodolfo. You guys need to, like, come in and start taking over the family business. It's so
0: funny how different he treated them versus how his parents treated him with the business. Probably it's
1: interesting because I bet he always wanted to be in the family business. And he was like, what the hell? Why didn't I get in it? So he was like, I'm bringing my kids up, which was a mistake Mm -hmm. later to find out. So the business was, like, booming. Guccio was getting old, and he decided he's going to just like take more of the backseat. So the sun started to take over. And like I said, the word of mouth expansion was insane. Gucci became like internationally known as one of like the highest end luxury brands after World War II. And really over like the next two decades, the company flourished and really Rodolfo Gucci was able to open the third store on Via Contadini, I don't know, in Milan. Okay. And in 1951. And that marked like they were booming. I don't yeah. have the exact dollar figure at that time. But what they it was were making, like
0: they were taking But off. they were
1: rich, yeah. okay? And at that time, it was really sad because Guccio was getting really old and about to die and you know he kept expressing his wishes to the three sons like I want this to stay in our nation I don't want to expand to the US I this is like was really dear to his heart however he died in 1953
0: and guess what the, the sons did right away they were like New, New York, York City, City I just had a feeling yeah yep so two weeks but now, did he not want to bring the production in stores over there like he would sell to Americans if they were in Italy right oh yeah I mean bags were sold like to Americans Like shelves. But out of Italy. He wanted them to be sold from Italy and stay in Italy.
1: Yeah. He didn't want like store, he wanted it to say like people had to fly to a destination destination to get it. Or Mm -hmm. like Americans would feel so special to have goods from Italy because they couldn't get it in the U.S. Yeah.
0: And there is something about that that is special. Like, I don't know it like you it's a story if you had to go somewhere to get this thing and like the minute you can get it because the shops like open up you're near a shopping center it's just not cool well it's interesting
1: because when we went to Greece and I don't know if these watches actually are available now but like you know Europeans and their watches like I went to
0: Switzerland one time and it was like all over.
1: But, like, people will spend more money on their watch than their car Uh in Europe. It's insane. So I remember going to Greece, and that was our thing as a family. Like, my dad was like, we're getting a cool watch. So I'm like, in college, I don't care about watches. (laughs) Like, you know, I think I had my BlackBerry. I'm like, my BlackBerry tile's time. I don't need that. (laughs) We ended up buying watches, and it was so cool because the watch Monica got, you couldn't get it anywhere. And it kind of looked like one of those Michelle watches, but cooler. Mm -hmm. And... All production started getting up and over here. And it was like, it, they looked so similar. So she was really bummed. But I agree. Like, how cool. It was like, this product is only sold in Europe or in Greece, totally, whatever. yeah. But two weeks after Guccio died, New York was booming. Yeah. And despite they it. They opened it that fast? Yeah. I think it was probably in the, in works. the works. and they didn't, yeah. They didn't want to like open it while he was alive. But when he died, they were like, you know what? We're going to New York. And. It, this is how, like, Gucci really became a worldwide brand. I mean, the it was like the old school influencer way. I mean, marketing was through celebrities. Celebrities would wear Gucci and the general public were enamored by it. Mm-hmm. And the main celebrity that would wear things was Jackie O. Mm -hmm. Like, her, she was a fashion icon. Oh, my God. She was just, everyone
0: wanted to wear whatever she was wearing.
1: And when Jackie came into Gucci, let me just tell you, they were, like, all over her. They gave her, I mean, she paid for a lot, but they also gave her a ton of products. And they actually went as far in 1961 to rename one of the bags after her. And it became, it was... The bag was called the 50s Constance, but they renamed it to the Jackie. Oh, yes. I love... Oh, that's ironic.
0: Oh. oh jackie <laughs> <Yes. O. laughs> Um No, I love that. I love it. Yeah.
1: And so this bag was just like flew off the shelves in the U.S. because everyone wanted it. And you know what's crazy? Google this while I'm talking. I want to know how much it would go for now, the Jackie bag. Okay, I'm going to Google it. But so later on in 1966, Gucci made a special Flora scarf print for Grace Kelly, the Princess of Monaco. Oh my gosh, yes. And this just exploded the brand. Like in 1975, Gucci released its first fragrance and now Gucci's fragrance line is like a huge success.
0: I found it. Sorry, I don't interrupt you. So, at number one, it looks like it's something I would wear today. It's so pretty. It's the Jackie 1961, the small shoulder bag. And it looks like you can get it today for like 1900 bucks. Oh, that's not or bad. there's one for $2,500 too. So, yeah, I mean, it's So, not...
1: they're still recreating it, but yeah. it'd be interesting to find like one of the vintage ones because oh wait till later when I tell you some of these things, what they're going for. Oh my God, I'm going to do Insane. So, in the 70s, Like, you know, Gucci was just, like, on this trajectory all through the the 60s, just booming fragrances. Like, they're just exploding with money. Mm -hmm. But in the 70s, Gucci began to fall down because of internal conflict. And this is why the sun should have never taken over the brand. They just got so greedy. And there was so much internal conflict between Aldo and Rodolfo Gucci. They were just, like... They fought miserably over the strategy because Rodolfo wanted to, like, take it to New York and, like, expand. And he wanted to get a little more trendy, but he still wanted to stay classic. Yeah. And Aldo was like, no, Browns, Blacks, classic. Yep. That's it. And at the time… Rodolfo's son was a like a designer. He was like very flamboyant. He wasn't gay, he was married, but he felt like he was so creative and he wanted he kept telling his dad, "Dad, I want to bring these new creative designs to Gucci." And they were totally wacky. Like he was like, This is not Gucci. You're and he kept calling his son like an idiot. And he was so uh. mean to him. And when in reality, like if you see the things today that Gucci has created, it's like probably it's,
0: exactly that.
1: It's exactly what he wanted to create. And he would bring drawings to his dad and just be so passionate. And then his dad would just shoot him down. And so and then he thought, like, why does my dad hate me? And he would cry, like, and he like I said, he was just very emotional. So this is the
0: son of one of the sons. Son of one of the sons. Okay,
1: because he was so high powered, he's like, no, we're not introducing like your crazy flamboyant patterns. When they actually created a floral scarf, which was kind of ironic, and it was, but it was created by the brothers or the dads, like yeah. you know. So at the time, the dads kept saying like they didn't want the sons involved, except for Mauricio. Mauricio was Aldo's son, okay. and he was. Pretty dorky, and he was very smart and quiet. But the ironic part is, Mauricio never wanted in the business because he saw the brothers fight and he was like, I don't want that. He was like, I'm a Gucci. But it was so interesting. He would go out, and in the movie, too, he like it just shows him like when he would introduce himself, he'd say, I'm Mauricio. Gucci. Like Gucci would be very, like low because he was actually embarrassed of it because he just didn't want to be known as a Gucci because that wow. was't just like his mo. So Hi. he was studying to be a lawyer. and he was like, "I'm not going to be involved in the family business. I'm going to be a lawyer and do things on my own. Hmm. Then he met Patricia. Mm. and Patricia, he met her at a party. and he was like, again, super dorky. And when he said his name, Gucci, Patricia's eyes. She was eyes like, okay, like,
0: okay. Gucci.
1: Like, <laughs> that night, they danced and they had a great time, but he didn't take her home. He didn't do anything. They, like, left it at that. But she was determined, like, I need to find Mauricio Gucci because she had such a great time with him. Oh, no. And, or she and just and wanted the, her dollar signs yeah, in her eyes. Yeah, of course. So, she somehow found him and, like, just made it this accidental coincidence that she ran into him and was like... Oh my gosh, you remember me? Like this <laughs> hilarious thing. So, you know, they were talking, and but he was like really timid and kind of awkward with women. And finally she's like, wait, you're not going to ask me out? So she gave him her, her phone number. He finally asked her out and they like started dating and it was this woman that he was like not even used to. He didn't think she was even in his like category of people he could date probably. That's what it Yeah, because like. she was like this socialite. She loved to have fun. But her family owned and operated a trucking company. Hmm. And the Gucci's and a trucking company. Like
0: back it's then. It's like luxury and then like blue collar. Kind yeah. Of, right?
1: No. I mean, even though their trucking company did really well and they weren't like super wealthy. It wasn't wealthy, seen as like a sexy business. No. Well, it wasn't seen. I mean, Gucci was like Premier. the elite mm-hmm. wealthy people. So when... Mauricio brought Patricia over to meet the dad. Like, she's so cute. And the way she dressed, like, you would have never known, like, anything. She dressed like the elite. But then things came out, and he's like, Dad, no, Patricia's family owns, like, a really successful company. He's like, oh, really? What? And he literally says trucking, and the dad, like, jaw dropped. (laughs) And it's so crazy because, I mean, just – I'm sure that happens in society today, but I remember – my grandfather, back in the day, like any other blue-collar job, they were so judgy. Like, I feel like the Italian and Greek culture, like they're very judgy like yeah, that. You know? Weird. It was super huh. ironic. So they leave the house and the dad, Aldo, calls Mauricio. he's like, no, this girl, have fun with her, have sex with her, <laughs> live with her, you're not marrying her. Oh my gosh. But of course, Maurizio's like screw you, dad. I'm in love with her. I'm going to marry her. Yeah. So the dad packs all his bags and says, I'm cutting you out of the will, drops the bags in the front door and has their driver drive him somewhere. And where does he go? Drives him to Patricia's house. He asks the dad to marry him. And can I live with you and your family? Oh my (laughs) God. And he's a Gucci. So the dad's like, wait, you He's like, yeah, my family disowned me. He, he doesn't say like he disowned me because I want to marry your daughter. You should he should have said that. Well, of course, I feel like the dad was like this macho dad and it would have been a shitstorm. storm. So oh. he didn't say that. But then he, but he said, but I need a job. Like, I don't want to live here for free. I need a job. So Mauricio... Mr. Gucci, who was wearing a suit and fancy loafers every day going to the Gucci. Becomes a truck driver. Becomes. No, he's washing the trucks. Like, even worse. Like, that was his job. So, he's, like, working in the, like, shipyards. Like, washing the trucks. Like, doing the dirty work. Wow. But it was super impressive because that was his character. Like, he was just a really. Get shit done kind of guy. Get shit done guy and, like, not worried about the money.
0: Yeah. So.
1: He survives. They get married. None of the Gucci family shows up to the wedding. And only Patricia shows up. But then they're married. So now she's hooked him. Mm -hmm. And they get a call. And Mauricio's dad is dying. Probably of lung cancer because they all smoked like freaking chimneys. Mm -hmm. And he dies. And, of course, right at the funeral, he didn't actually take him out of his well. So they sit and they meet and go over all this stuff. And Patricia, you could see her eyes are just like cha-ching, cha-ching, ching <laughs> But she like manipulates him in this like normal way to join the business. So he gets in the family business and the uncle was like, yes. But it was so sad because he was like never wanted his son because he thought his son was an idiot, but he wanted the nephew because he uh. felt like he was a smart lawyer. So he gets in the business and he's like, yes, Mauricio is 50% stake in the company and he's going to help take us to a whole new level. And he was like, the uncle flumed in New York, gave him the penthouse, and Patricia, again, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha She's cha-ching. just, like, living the dream. Living the dream. And they are killing it. Gucci's, like, thriving. But she's, like, looking at all these other things going, you know, Gucci's cool, but they went to a fashion show, and all these cool brands, like Versace and, like, had all these hip young designers designing for them, and they had fashion shows and all this stuff. And it's so funny because Gucci, Mauricio introduces himself to one of this young designer and the designer looks at him like, you're Gucci? And he's like, he's like, yeah, maybe someday you'll design for me. And he goes, no one here would ever design for Gucci. Like you guys, we know the family history story and you guys are like basically stale and old. Like we would never design for you. So I think like, that just, like, shocked Mauricio. He just assumed the perception was so much better than Well, because they were making millions and probably and billions at the time. You and know? I
0: read somewhere, and maybe this is wrong, but, like, they had just extended the brand to so many people. Like, anybody could resell Gucci or sell it, and it was, like, not exclusive anymore. It, that's why they were making a lot of money because, like anyone there were so many products that just like didn't match the brand and like there was random stores like a boutique on the corner that wasn't Gucci could sell Gucci and like it, yep, it, it like, because the uncle it.
1: was like here's what happened actually Patricia I don't know if this the movie just created this but the way it was depicted is she was shopping in New York and came across one of those like fake alleyways mm-hmm. where people are selling fake guccis mm-hmm. and she bought them all up and was like flipping out like where did you get this and she knew the hardware and everything was fake and she brought it back into their office and the uncle was like, calm down, calm down. Here's the deal. Gucci, if the modern housewife, because not only that, but her housekeeper had a Gucci. Which she was like, how, how do you afford, afford a Gucci? Like I'm paying her nothing, whatever. And she goes, no, my husband bought it for me. And she's like, well, where did you buy it? And that's how she found the alley. Yeah. So anyways, so she... Brings it to the uncle and Mauricio. Mauricio has nothing to to do, like, had no idea. But the uncle goes, here's the deal. If a modern housewife wants to feel like she is proud to carry Gucci and she wants to, like, pretend, let her pretend. Like, I want everyone to, like, feel that way. And then other people will know they buy the real Gucci's. And Patricia was like, you're stupid. This is tarnishing the brand. And she flipped out. And they kind of got in this feud, which... She did it in like a batshit crazy way, which is like yeah. made everyone look like she is crazy. But she was right. She was right. Like I it's agree. Tarnishing it's like tarnishing the brand,
0: and that I remember like reading. It just like so many skews, so many places. It's not that I get why the designer was like, yeah, you're funny, and like it was
1: stodgy. There wasn't like anything. No innovation. Edgy, no innovation. So what happened was Patricia again started manipulating Mauricio. Like, okay, we got to do this thing. We got to let the crazy son design a line and do a fashion show and then she was greeting she's like but we won't let him actually succeed we'll like kill it so he does this fashion show he's like on cloud nine she makes him feel like he's actually gonna be something and the designs were fucking cool Mm -hmm. and people the fashion show they loved it but then they called the cops and like did some fraud and like made it seem like he was not allowed to use that licensing to create these things and they shut down the fashion show what so they made it seem like okay now you're fraud now you're ruined we're gonna take your shares and he's like fuck you i'm not sharing my shares so it goes down goes down goes down then she manipulates mauricio to say guess what there's all these other shady things that i found in the books like she's just like investigating like finding things some of her things were smart, but the way she went about it, she caused so much fucking family drama. She ended up putting the uncle in jail for tax fraud because she exposed, I mean, he was doing tax fraud, but she exposed it. And he's like, this old dude goes to prison for a year and then the son's poor because the dad's are taking care of him. So basically she like runs the family, like relationships and the other side of the family into the ground mm-hmm. so they can thrive. Yeah. Which was crazy. And Mauricio started realizing, like, this woman is crazy. She's ruining my family. My uncle's in jail. And guess what? Now the company's actually going bankrupt. Oh, my gosh. So he's screwed. He actually yeah. tried to divorce her. And she was like, I'm not signing the papers. So, But he's just like, screw you. He left. He separated from her. And he never really, truly, like, finally divorced her. But he found this other woman, was living with her and started living like the high life, like Mm -hmm. became really irresponsible and started driving the company down, Mm -hmm. down, downhill. And this is when little Miss Patricia gets so freaking greedy and angry. She hires a hitman and she murders him. Yep. Crazy. That's bananas. Bananas. But let me back up really quick. So Mauricio was driving the company down and it was going into bankruptcy. So he needed someone to bail him out. Mm -hmm. So his trusted lawyer, who was a part of the family forever, found Invest Corp, who was an Iranian company. These guys bought Tiffany's. They helped Tiffany's brand like Soar. We need these guys to come in and help bail you out. Yeah. So they came in. They brought a share in the brand. And it was like, instantly, these guys were freaking brilliant. They turned like, it around. Yeah. They were turning it around. They were helping him make smart decisions. And the crazy part is, it was going bankrupt, but in 1990, they still made $200 million. So, that <laughs> so wasn't, funny. they weren't yeah. like really hurting. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my laughs> they weren't gosh. like struggling. They were still cash flowing $200 million, which is insane. That's crazy. So the biggest change is these guys came in and they're like, you need a new creative director, you need a fashion designer, like we're changing things up. So they hired Don Mello and he was assigned to be the first creative director with a whole new team, including Richard Lamberson as the design director, Neil Barrett as designing menswear alone, and Tom Ford as the designer of women's ready to wear. Mm -hmm. So Tom Ford is the key here. He's the one that really, I believe, transformed Gucci. Yeah. And Tom, he is so freaking hot. He's (laughs) like this hot guy from Austin, Texas, who was so humble, like, you want me? And he like started talking about his vision and it was crazy because Tom was like so freaking progressive Mm -hmm. and they took a chance on him. They're like, we got to be progressive and edgy. So his first line was like in a complete makeover to the brand and this is when he introduced hypersexualization to the fashion scene. What? Yes, I said hypersexualization. Okay. <laughs> so at this time the concept was unheard of and never had been seen on runways like anywhere. So check these out wow sexy
0: it's like a thong
1: <laughs> yeah so he designed male and women's thongs that were literally just not they weren't a thong they were a g string
0: yeah a
1: g and a string oh my god <laughs> is that where the name came from g string <laughs> i don't know but it was a g string and every like all their clothes were like backless opened it was gorgeous what year was this like the 90s 90s it looks like 90s yeah, yeah. Like the they had like cutout jersey dresses with like abstract horsepit belts. This like sleek and sexy modern style became Gucci's like signature look of the 90s. Yeah. So his first fashion show, the press went frickin' nuts. And it was so cute. Like in the movie, they read like the New York Times article and he's gets teary-eyed. He's like, hold on, I got to go call my mom. Like, you, that's awesome. so cute. No one had ever seen this. People were going crazy. So Gucci actually launched a whole other line of provocative sexual products, like these limited edition silver handcuffs. Huh. Let me just show you okay. these. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Silver handcuffs and the G-string.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: I mean, come on. These G are
0: pretty hot, like I want one. I don't know if I could afford paying a ton of money for like a piece of material that literally only one person sees besides me. <laughs> Well, if you're rich enough, would you wear a Gucci A hundred, well, I would wear it if someone bought it for me. And look at these people. This is
1: like one of their ads, like they're laying on the beach. Imagine like you're tanning. We you used to go to the tanning bed. They'd give you those stickers. Yeah. Like, look, you have like a little G. Double G <laughs> on top of your butt. I love it. But it's like their ads were super sexy. I mean, everything was just all about sex. Yeah. It was crazy. So first of all, I don't know how much they cost at the time, but guess how much the G-strings go for now? Take a
0: wild guess. Uh, Like a
1: 1000 bucks, $6,000. And Kim Kardashian just was wearing one a few weeks ago.
0: How do we know she was wearing a G-string?
1: Oh, because it was on people or <laughs> something like that when I was doing research. Like just her and her G-string? No, like she was like on some beach wearing it. Oh, it's like a swimsuit. No, she was wearing just like the G-string. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And guess how much the handcuffs go for
0: now? How much? I'll guess. Uh, I don't um, know. $2,000. $80,000. What the fuck? What? <gasps> On eBay,
1: like $80,000. There were some that were like scratch and dent ones that were for $50,000. So you're going to go buy one? That's what you're saying? No, I'm not <laughs> buying $80,000 handcuffs. Oh my God. But they did like this whole crazy thing. Like they did dog collars. They did this like, like S&M line too. All in the 90s? All in the 90s. And it went nuts. That's crazy. And they did this crazy ad campaign. So... The first ad campaign that Tom Ford did, I mean, this is super famous. It was so provocative. It was called the G-Spot ad campaign. Check this out.
0: Oh, my God. What is it? Okay, so it is, is that a girl or a guy? It's very so this ambiguous. is a guy, this is a girl. Okay, so there's a guy like on his knees and there's a girl with no shirt on and she's pulling her underwear down. And no, he's, he's pulling her underwear down. Well, it looks like her hand's there too. Oh yeah. Um, but like it looks like he's about to do something to her right there on the street.
1: <laughs> but what is when he's pulling her pants?:
0: There's down? like a tattoo.
1: I'm no, pu- her pubic hair is shaved in a G. Oh, it looked like a tattoo. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Okay. So Mario Testino, who was this like super famous and talented Peruvian fashion photographer shot these photos and he was like so famous at the time. But let me tell you, as it was reading, he also has like 14 accounts of sexual harassment because, yeah. I mean, these are the shoots he's styling. Yeah. Come on. The ad shows an image of the model Carmen Koss against the wall with a male model kneeling fully clothed in front of her, tugging at her underwear turks to, to expose her pubic hair shaved in the shape of Gucci's logo. Wow. I mean, I wonder if people ever, like, during that time, like, I mean, they have European wax or whatever, but, like, can you shave,
0: can you do, like, a logo? Is there, like, a stencil that people I bet that you that did do? happen. I bet you it did happen. That's crazy. Because, like, pubic hair was really in in the 90s, wasn't it? Oh, my God. (laughs) Was that that book you brought me? That was from the 80s. God, that was horrible. (laughs) But Gucci
1: said the ad was intended to be the ultimate ironic pun for a sexy brand in a logo-led age.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: I mean, still, logos are so prominent, but then it was like the Gucci logo... Everyone knew what Gucci logo was. And they called it playful and they referred to it as the subversion of traditional sexual roles with a man on his knees before a woman. And in this article on Vice Magazine, Testino talked about how much fun he had with Tom Ford. He said Tom Ford was like... So conservative, but he also wanted to push the limits with sex like all the time.
0: Interesting. And
1: apparently, Tom Ford said, Everyone's staying at home watching friends on their shabby chic couch, and fashion sucks. So I need to like shake it up a little bit. I love like, it. Like, fashion's horrible. This is like a time where I want to like bring things out that people are shocked by.
0: I love that he was like, They're sitting on their shabby chic couch watching friends. I know. <laughs> And he said
1: that everyone was aware that like your clothes in the 90s, nothing represented anything like the 80s. Like yeah. in the 80s, everything was rash and crazy totally. and like out there. He knew everyone was sad. He's like, everyone's just watching friends in their frumpy sweaters. I want
0: sex. That's you're what he pretty, said. You're pretty 90s today. You have a flannel shirt on.
1: <laughs> I actually had a frumpy sweater on before. but oh, perfect. Tom was like, fuck this. I want sex. And he was actually quoted saying that. Like,
0: that. <laughs> My kind of guy.
1: And boy, did he produce sex. Check this ad out for launching the first fragrance.
0: Oh my. I have never seen ads like this. Where did these even run? Okay, so it's. Oh, my Tom. God. So this was Tom Ford for men. So it's a, it, the first ad is a woman holding her very fake boobs together. She looks like she's been greased down with some shiny lotion. And there's a fragrance bottle in between her boobs as she's pushing them together.
1: And it's male clone. So the fragrance is for men. But
0: that's not even the worst one. The <laughs> other two below are literally a, f- a perfume bottle in between a woman's open naked legs. And the and ad
1: reads, Tom Ford for men, the first fragrance for men from Tom Ford.
0: Oh, that is, that gets your attention. <laughs> That's crazy. Holy huh? cow. Ca- where do those ads even run? They ran. I, I mean, Where? In magazines. I mean, they were
1: allowed to run then.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I know. Wow. Like, I was reading some of this stuff and I was looking at some of these ads. I'm like, oh my God. How, like, in Vice Magazine, obviously Vice is like super yeah. racy and... Thinking about now, there's what's no going way. on in the ads now. It's there's like, no way. Yeah, it's crazy. That was Mr. Tom Ford. I love him. And that's what led Gucci to be at the forefront. This provocativeness that everyone was talking about. In the 80s, everyone wanted to be a part of it. And then the 90s, it kind of tapered off. And he was like, no, I'm bringing sex to the forefront. Like, I love it. I want to stand out. It's crazy because in 1994 Domenico De Sol was the legal advisor of the Gucci family in the 80s and he was alongside with Mauricio. He actually became CEO that year in 1994 and he campaigned for Gucci's leather manufacturers in Italy to keep working together and like develop partnership programs and strengthen their ties and try to create all these efficiencies so he wouldn't have to spend more money on products so he could spend more money on advertising because this advertising was Working. Let wow. me just tell you. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like any men's gonna go buy that. Clone, oh my god! Right. I've never seen a more sexual ad than that ad. It's crazy. So in 1997, the budget went from six million dollars in 1993 to seventy million in 1997 for advertising. For advertising, Holy. because he recognized that these ads were just like driving the sales. It's seventy million in 1997. Is that wow. crazy? That's so crazy. But what I didn't mention. Is actually in 1995, the company actually went public and things started to get real. So that's why Mr. Domenico was like, I'm recognizing that these ads are driving sales. We're a public company now. I got to like keep my numbers up. I mean, to create all these partnerships to, with his, it seems like really ironic that he was focused more on not increasing leather goods sales to increase advertising, right? It's crazy. So, Melissa, did you know that the Gucci logo is regarded as one of
0: the most recognized logos in terms of luxury branding? Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, it feels like I, right away, like you see that G or those interlocking Gs and you just know. I mean, my, I've said it before, like my daughter talks about Gucci and she's nine. I'm like, she doesn't even know. But But what's crazy
1: it. is these little Gs that are next to each other were created in the beginning when he was creating canvas. But the actual logo of the interlocking G's, like the belt and stuff, wasn't created until 1993 by Aldo, one of the sons.
0: Huh. Which is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of ironic because Aldo... He created the logo and he was really passionate about that scarf he created for Grace Kelly. And he was like more the creator. And Rodolfo was more the businessman and yeah. the driver. But their sons were complete opposite. So huh. Rodolfo's son was like the creative, who was the designer. And Aldo's son was the lawyer. So, so they each, what was also weird is they would each kind of like form allies with each other's sons. So they would fight amongst themselves, but they would try to get to each other's sons. I mean, it's a fucked up family. That's crazy. I'm just telling you, like, that's why families fail is because
0: like. No, that's why family businesses fail. Family
1: businesses fail because greed and
0: like stupid
1: petty shit. Well, there's
0: so many stats about like second and third generation family businesses. They never survive. It's so rare. That's why we're not handing serendipity to our kids.
1: Oh, no. Hell no. They can create their
0: own business. Yeah.
1: So also, fun fact, Gucci is an adjective. Did you know that?
0: Oh, yeah, I do. Actually, I do. That's Gucci. That's Gucci. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: in 1999, in a Harper's Bazaar interview, Lenny Kravitz said his bedroom was very Gucci.
0: So Lenny Kravitz was the first one to say it? Yeah. That's so funny. And so
1: like pop culture in the 90s quickly picked this up like after he said it in 1990 and everyone started saying like, now it is an adjective. Like, oh, that's But I didn't so really Gucci. hear.
0: I think it stopped for a while because like I thought it was like more recent that it became like popular. That's so. Funny. I don't
1: know, but I'm always going to say it now. I, lo- <laughs> I can't do the acronyms like the IRL, all that crap. I'm going to go, that's Gucci.
0: But all the ki- kids are going to be like, um, that was cool like 10 years ago.
1: And the crazy thing is Gucci, while it was like this old school brand, it has managed to do what all of these other luxury brands like try so hard to do. They have captured like the millennial audience. Mm-hmm. They millennials freaking love Gucci. Yeah, they totally do. And I mean, 50% of Gucci's customers are 35 and under.
0: 50%.
1: Holy cow.
0: Isn't wow. that crazy?
1: That is crazy. And it's because they, you know, they use a great style, like great mix of 60% classic and 40% trendy. Yeah. So, like I think some millennials like really appreciate the classic styles yeah. and others appreciate like kind of this crazy edgy. edgy stuff that they're pushing yeah. out. They have really been doing influencer marketing since the beginning. Like I said, celebrities have been their target audience. And it really started not by them pursuing celebrities. Celebrities wanted this brand, which is crazy. So it wasn't influencers now where brands pursue them, the 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 influencers influencers are pursuing pursuing the brand, which is so cool. And it still is. So many people wear Gucci products and then Gucci pursues them. Mm-hmm. So Gucci has noticed celebs like Harry Styles, Kate Moss, and Rihanna and Miley are huge Gucci fans. So they've actually brought them in to their advertising. That makes sense. And yeah. it is driven so much sales. I
0: like when they do it authentically like that. Like the person's already a customer and then they become an ambassador. I just think it's like more real.
1: More real. Because they know yeah. they already like them. Yeah. And I think too… Celebs are celebs. I mean Miley Cyrus and Rihanna, I mean they're so uber famous, but there's got to be something to be said like Gucci wants me. Like for a brand that they idealize to like actually want them to be in their ads. Like totally. that's going to make them feel cool too, yeah. right? So, Gucci uses a great mix of psychographic and demographic segmentation strategies to identify which products they're gonna release for the year. Okay. So, they do a lot of studying, they segment all of their markets, and every season they make it a habit to introduce new products to like each demographic, which is pretty crazy. That's smart. Not only has Gucci's logo and strong brand recognition like driven them forward, I mean, that G-Spot ad campaign, still today, like, people talk about it like crazy. Yeah. I mean, if they could do that today, they would do a whole new version. But obviously, in today's world, it would be... It's just so funny
0: how it's like not... People just don't do that anymore.
1: But it was actually this year ranked 31st in Forbes list of world's most valuable brands with a value of $22.6 billion. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. I'm not surprised though.
1: And I mean, this year when they added Miley Cyrus and her mullet, by the way, I just can't get over this. I just wanted to call Justin and be like, I know you do her color, but like what's going on with the,
0: the cut? She actually looks like Charlize Theron there. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. She Doesn't she look like her? I mean-
1: I feel like she stepped up her style and she looks She's really beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. But that haircut does not do her justice. But
0: like that's becoming trendy again. It's like that ambiguous like male-female style. She looks like the dog in this ad. She does. Like people look like their dogs. Yeah.
1: So they decided to have Miley as the face of her, of like their new fragrance. They took off. The fragrance yeah. like sold off the shelves like crazy. Wow. So they actually... Did, in their first ad, she transforms into an anime character in, like, this flower-filled ad for the new Gucci Flora Gorgeous Gardenia fragrance. Huh. Oh, I love Gardenia. That's so good. I know. I was so like, good. when I was reading this, I'm like, I love Gardenia. I gotta I go smell go- it. Yeah. But some of the Gucci, I mean, I'm really picky with my perfume. If it's too strong, I want to pass out and I'll yeah. get a headache. So, yeah. And it's weird how perfume smells different on every person. I like, love that. I think it's so weird because mm-hmm. it's your body's chemistry, right? Yeah. Yeah. so odd we'll put this out on Instagram, but the visual is like Miley Cyrus dressed in a purple top with a sparkly pink collar and plaid pants, strumming a pink electric guitar on the beach. And then she's like transformed into this saucer eyed anime character who blasts off into space. Like that's the YouTube video. Wow, It's like, these brands are just doing this stuff. Like, Creating, taking real people into this virtual reality, I mean, like that's augmented the way reality. It's thing. all moving.
0: It's crazy. Your son just literally told me when I walked in your house that he bought $15 Gucci, I don't know, shoes or something for his character on Roblox. Well, it's because I was using, wait till I tell
1: you, their app, and he's like, Mom, I can buy Gucci on Roblox.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, that's crazy. I
1: love it. I love it, but I don't want to give him $15 to put on a fake character. Make him make
0: his own. Tell him to start marketing his website of oh, jewelry my God. <laughs> that the kids have.
1: So, I mean, over the years, they've infused like everything they've done like has been about pop culture and people love them. They've created like so many cool videos they did this video for their 100th year that was this like music video over time and it was all vintage of people dressed like i mean not like today it's all back in the times and they went through every genre of music throughout the years so they started in the 30s all the way up to now Ugh. and they had like people in these really cool like vintage gucci outfits performing the songs and i mean the video is awesome i'll put I it on love youtube it. yeah and then they also just did this super cool video well I think it's funny for their Christmas like debut this year of their holiday their campaign, holiday collection their mm-hmm. holiday collection and it's like a 70s office party campaign, it's hilarious. Like oh my gosh. I can't believe our parents actually would wear some of these styles, but now they're all coming back. It's oh, they're all coming crazy. back. Crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. the glasses that are coming back. Oh, they're so ugly. They are so ugly. I know. Okay, so let's talk about Gucci's digital ad strategy. Okay. Because it's insane. This is where they're killing it. This is where they are like separating over anyone else in the luxury market. Okay. So Marco. Bizarre is the CEO and Alessandro Michelle is the creative director right now. And they have implemented a marketing strategy that is targeted Gen Z like no others. And you know why? Because Gen Z is the group of consumers that actually have low buying power, but insane amount of influence. Oh, yeah. So their strategy isn't like, we're going to target these people and they're going to buy now. They, we're going to target these people to become influencers over Gen X.
0: Why are we so afraid of Gen Z? Can I just ask that question? Well, because they're freaking wacky. Why are they so powerful?
1: Because they're opinionated and they're not loyal. So
0: that's yeah, what it is. It's that's like, what it is. If
1: you read all this stuff, it's like they're so opinionated. They're like
0: outspoken. They don't give a shit who they offend and they don't care. No, and
1: it's like... Whoever, whatever brand speaks to them and like gives them more or is like more enticing to them, they're going to jump. And then once they are into that brand, they're going to influence like Gen Z, or I'm sorry, Gen X and millennials. Like this is a cool brand. This is so awesome. You better
0: get on it. Yeah. It's insane. I'm so scared of this generation.
1: I know. It's crazy because I was like looking who is Gen Z and my sister is Gen Z, right? So
0: is Madison's the youngest Gen Z, cause 2012 or sorry, 2012 is the year that it ends in splits. It's Isn't that crazy? crazy?
1: But yeah, I'm thinking about like a lot of these brands that she was wearing, I was like, oh, interesting, or things she was doing. People start. How taking. is Chelsea
0: Gen Z? That doesn't make any no, sense. No, not Chelsea Elena. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And according to Forbes, these young audiences only represented four percent of the world's overall luxury consumption in 2018. But it doubled in 2020. Wow. They are actually, I know it's small, so it's 8%, but they are actually figuring out a way how to purchase these luxury brands. Wow. And Gen Z, I mean, they so my sister's money. 18. Where do they get their money, right? Their parents. Well, I mean. But in regions like China, Gen Z is responsible for up to 15% of the country's luxury purchases. Fifteen percent.
0: Well, because there are... When does Gen Z start? I'm going to look it up. I think 97. Yeah, Gen Z's 97 to 2012. So ages 10 to 25. So the 20... So we have some Gen Z employees.
1: Yeah. So I guess they can afford Gucci. They can. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, I mean, when you were 25, could you afford Gucci?
1: Well, I don't think I can afford it. But A, they put things on credit card. B, some of their... Some of the oh, bags, their parents too
0: are buying them. Yeah.
1: Well, and some of the bags are more affordable than like Louie. Like some of them are like in the lower than a thousand.
0: Oh, yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the
1: belt's 500. I mean, I still think it's crazy to spend $500 for a belt, but I'm obsessed with it and I wear it every day. So let's talk about this. Gucci is so smart. They are like going full force at these young consumers like Gen Zers, right? Because most of them haven't like been opened up To the other luxury market, because Gucci is really one of the top brands that are attacking Gen Z. I think like Louis and all these other customers, they're they're dabbling, but they're not like going full force at them. They they're focused more on millennials, and they're focused more on the people who are actually have purchasing power. Yeah. So Gucci is reinventing itself by like actively adopting emerging technologies and digital marketing tools to create digital content like augmented reality, virtual reality, chat bots, like all these cool applications. Yeah. And they are killing it. I mean, let me just tell you, I spent a good hour and a half today just freaking trying on makeup and shoes and glasses from Gucci's app.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: We're going to just take a few pictures after this because then I'm not going to lie. Like the shoes look really good. Of course they do. I clicked through and Kaden was like, mom, I want those. They're so cool. like, Kaden, let's just guess how much these are they're high tops that look like nike's like super colorful
0: yeah 925 oh my gosh i do have a shoe problem that's the one thing i spend money on is that's a, an issue for me
1: but you can like i'll show you i took a picture i want the white gucci sneakers i don't care sneakers aren't interesting to me i want heels well if i'm gonna wear sneakers i want like fancy sneakers yeah. so they're pretty cool their entire app is all augmented reality based? Like I you can it. try on everything, and their makeup. I have to say, watch when we try it. It's so natural looking. It really does like look like you just applied makeup. Like it doesn't look like a circle for blush. Or I mean, it looks so natural. They did a killer
0: job with that. But their then app. when you actually buy it and you put it on yourself, I mean, I know how you apply makeup. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs>
1: and okay, so they have created virtual versions of all their collections. For eSports, for Tennis Clash and Roblox, and the fashion themed video game Dressed, which we talked about a few episodes ago. They have VR chat apps. I mean, users can dress up their avatars and Gucci products. Like we just said, Caden's buying sneakers for his Gucci guy or his Roblox guy. It's insane. So the Gucher, Gucci Gucci The Gucci. <laughs> the Gucci. The Gucci sneaker garage app is insane. Like I said, we're gonna do it after. It has driven so many purchases of Gucci's sneakers. It's insane. They 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 like the number it's every they can't even like pin down the number because it happens so oh much. Oh my gosh. And I wanna know how are they purchasing it? Like, do they have their mom's like how? What credit cards hooked to their
0: phone? I mean, that's amazing.
1: Cause you But I don't think it's all young kids. You think it is? I mean, I almost bought them. No, and I'm not a young kid. It no, is you are so not cool. a young kid. So you can actually buy this sneaker that I was trying on for eleven ninety nine in Roadbox. So
0: like eleven dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, just mm. a
1: fake little virtual sneaker. You can buy. And Kaden was asking me, mom, can I have more roadblocks so I can buy more Gucci now? Because you're doing your podcast. I'm like, no. No. Just because I'm doing my podcast on Gucci doesn't mean you get more Gucci outfits for your (laughs) roadblocks, dude. I mean, like open another company. But hey, I give him
0: some credit. Like that is a great, I mean, a good ask, smart ask. Like, hey mom, this is research for your podcast. So crazy. And
1: I mean, these digital sneakers are cool. Like they are like super bright. They look like neon colors inspired from the eighties and they have the double G logo on the soles and the tongues and like where the laces are.
0: I don't want virtual sneakers. (laughs) I want the fucking real thing.
1: But they're so cool. Like you can totally customize them. I don't know if you've ever gone on Nike. You said you don't like sneakers, but Nike, you can customize your sneakers to like where the swish, what color the swish is, what the bottoms are. And that's what these brands are capitalizing on. it. check out these virtual sneakers those are horribly ugly <laughs> they're like watermelons on your feet um they're green and pink but gen z doesn't think that i mean look at their stuff
0: it's I like just... all
1: nostalgic like it's 70s 80s 90s it's all coming back those literally look
0: like giant watermelons but okay it
1: is crazy so guess how much gucci closed at in 2019 what their sales were
0: I mean, you said they're valued at like twenty two billion, so annual sales, I will say, as two billion. nine point six
1: billion dollars in sales. Wow. And that's significantly higher than the company's other brands that they own. Yeah, I mean, St. Laurent only did two billion. Wow.
0: And they did nine point six. That's crazy. But they're popular. I get it. Well,
1: honestly, what stands out, what makes them stand up apart from all the other companies' brands is their digital strategy. Because they address, like, the young markets. And they actually even have a shadow board of millennial advisors under the age of 30 years old. So instead of like a board of directors, they have a shadow board. So he brings like all these new digital strategies, all these ideas to the shadow board before he launches them.
0: Wow, which so is brilliant. That's really brilliant. And most
1: companies don't have that, right? No. I mean, it'd be so interesting to know how many companies actually have a board or a shadow board that they run things by. I mean, it's kind of like a focus group, but these people have been selected and they bring. Like they're all
0: of them. influential in decision making for the brand's style. It is crazy. So
1: Gucci is also so ahead of the game. I mean, what they did early on, they moved the luxury brand from the runway to the internet. Mm -hmm. Like all these other brands are still focused on the runway.
0: Yeah, Gucci
1: is the internet, social media, and they're focused on millennials and Gen Z. They want to like... Knock the socks off of like the younger generations because I feel like they established brand loyalty earlier. Their sales are going to go through the roof. Yeah.
0: I mean, almost anyone I know in our age group and we're old millennials, geriatric millennials and younger has the Gucci belt. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone.
1: It's crazy. I mean, all those influencers and what's crazy is they don't, I thought they gave them for free. They don't.
0: No. Gucci doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. They probably, probably for celebrities, but not for like your everyday Instagram influencer.
1: No, but even some of like the bigger ones that like, you know, Laura Bevelin, she's yeah. huge. And I thought, I mean, they all have every color Gucci belt. Yeah. But they buy it for themselves because they make probably 300 grand a month. Yeah, totally. But they brand doubled its digital sales in the first quarter of 2018. And they just took that and ran with it. Like I said, they don't forget about Gen Zers. And they know that Gen Zers have the power to influence Gen X. And they know that this demographic is, like, so digitized and well-informed. Yeah. And they have high expectations. And like I said, they're loyalty. They're not easily impressed. They're not easily impressed. And they have super, like, I mean, they're not loyal. Low loyalty. Yeah. So, like, you have to
0: keep impressing them. That's a tricky part for brands.
1: And, You have to not only keep impressing them, but, like, keep engaging them. Providing content that is fresh and new. And, I mean, that's hard. Especially when, like, think about it. They are just browsing their phone. Like, how are they really going to, like, even get interested in anything, right? Yeah. So, like, whatever is going to appeal to them needs to happen, like, before a swipe.
0: Uh Uh-huh. It's crazy.
1: Not only are they influencing them there, they feel like their virtual environments that they're building across the internet are more impactful than their stores. Yeah. Which of course. Yeah. Because if you think about it, how many people can show up to a virtual environment in one day and how many people can show up to an actual store? Yeah. It's crazy. And they know that Gen Zers, like they want to be different. They want to express their unique personality and they want to create their own signature products. So Gucci is nailing it. Like everything they do is about customization. Download the Gucci app. Like you would think it's like any other app, like the Abercrombie app, for example. It's all just like browsing like a store. No, Gucci app. When we go through it, it's all augmented reality and it's all customization. So you can customize your shade. You can customize your shoe color. Everything is like fit to you. Wow, I love it. They just, they get it. And it's all this like made to order stuff. Like not only customized, but like it's not just customized for fun to play. It's customized like you customize it
0: you click buy and it shipped to you. You know what's weird? I don't love customization. Like I want to see my options and I want like to pick what I like and I want to buy from there. I mean, that's just the difference in generations. Like I don't necessarily feel the need to like create my own unique product. You know what I mean? I know. I, I, I don't. Great. It's just not, I want like, I don't want what everyone else has, but I want what I like from the best of the best. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what's interesting? Because I feel like at the stage of the life we and we make so many decisions. Yeah,
0: please don't fucking like, ask I me I to make I don't want to make more. another
1: decision. And I feel like kids, they don't even think twice about making decisions. Their decisions are made on the fly, which scares the crap out of me. Because they're just like, yep, done, 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 done. I'm like, but when
0: you were a kid, you were like that too. So don't you think like they'll go through that life phase? Like they'll grow out of that?
1: I don't know. And I don't know if I actually was like that. Because I contemplated, like I saved my money. I contemplated what I want. I was really like, I remember planning out my bedroom. So I feel like I was different. But if you think about it, they're scrolling and the things they see, they're used to thinking in terms of seconds. So they're thinking, so their decision-making abilities are quick. That's scary. Which is crazy, right? It's Mm -hmm. so crazy. While Gucci is extremely popular in real life. No, I did not use the acronym. <laughs> the brand is so focused on becoming the most talked about brand online because they know if they can do that, they will influence good the offline go. purchases. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, Melissa, what do you think? Their history combined with their like strong product strategy that is deeply connected in
0: pop culture along with like seamless execution online. I love how you went into all that detail because... It's so interesting how much ups and downs there's been, but they're so smart right now with You're their strategy. are so smart. Like, I don't... It's not for me. Like, I love the brand. I want, like, the old traditional stuff, but, like, the way that they're targeting my kids and, and younger generations, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so... It's gonna I hope everyone loved this. And when
1: we get off of this, I am going to show Melissa how to customize her makeup, her shoes, her
0: glasses, and her purses. <laughs> <laughs> That's really stressful. Can you just do it for me? <laughs> well, no, I'm just like the app. It's so fun. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's look at it. Love it. And
1: stay tuned because now I'm like in this luxury brand thing. I'm going to do Chanel next because I got oh. down this whole rabbit hole of like this yes. crazy thing of the luxury brands.
0: I think our our listeners like luxury brands because I was looking at our stats and our Louis Vuitton episodes, like number five most listened to.
1: Because a lot of these things, like you don't really know. I mean,
0: the brand. Yeah. They're like, you're like said, why do I like this brand
1: so much? <laughs> yeah. Or you don't know that it was started
0: in the 30s. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, Louis Vuitton still was popular. started in the eighteen hundreds. In the eighteen hundreds, it's crazy. By the way, just real quick, Bridgerton. I w- I'm going down a hole again because it's the new one's coming out in March. So, like, I've been rewatching it, and last night I was googling. Do you know it was like the early eighteen hundreds, like eighteen eighteen, when that took place, or eighteen fifteen? But like, doesn't it seem so modern? Yeah, it's weird. Like, wow. but luxury like the was that. And I know. Anyways, great job, Alexis.
1: I just want to talk about some of my sources. I mean, Wikipedia was, of course, just an amazing source. The House of Gucci movie, amazing source. And LuxCity.co.za, The History and Evolution of Gucci, The Strategy Story, Gucci Marketing Strategy, Hapic Media, What Can Luxury Brands Learn from Gucci's Digital Strategy, and The Vice... I didn't really get a lot from Vice, but that's where I actually got the image and of that G-Spot ad. So
0: (laughs) that was a good one. Thanks, (laughs) Vice. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you loved this episode and that you'll leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. You can now leave a rating, which is awesome. And please send any recommendations you have to willitstickpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.